while China has been importing less dairy recently um, and very much taking less whole powder and powders notably, um, our market share of every commodity that they import has risen. Hello and welcome to the NZX podcast. I'm Matt Manning and today I'm joined by Alex Winning who will give us an update on global dairy markets and outlook for the coming months. Thanks for joining us, Alex. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So it's been a volatile month for dairy prices. What's driving this volatility, Alex? Uh, yeah, it has. Um, so April uh, saw a massive decline at the first uh, global dairy trade auction um, and quite a significant increase at the second. Um, from a where things stand perspective, um, commodities are quite varied. Helmet powder is down 4%. Um, And then you've got skim up 5%, cheese up 9%, butter up 2%, and anhydrous milk fats down 3%. From a supply-demand dynamic, um, globally, dairy is in a bit of a surplus um, supply state at the moment. Um, New Zealand production is down roughly 1% for the season. Um, However, we've had four consecutive months of production increases, Um, U.S. production is ever-growing, and EU supply has been picking up um, after their struggles last year through conflict and drought. Um, And then from a buying side, China's demand is low. Um, They are buying, but their willingness to push prices um, is low with their current production levels um, and uh, domestic demand. They haven't quite recovered post-COVID. Then you've got uh, other buying powers. You've got uh, Southeast Asia, Africa, the Middle East. With EU supply growing, that will have a demand on um, New Zealand product in those regions. Um, However, while EU production figures are positive, their exports are still lagging, which is why we're seeing good demand for New Zealand products in these regions. Um, And then there is kind of the question around what product specs uh, can be met out of each country um, and demand for New Zealand specs uh, seems to be going uh, in those regions. Cool. And as far as important regions to watch out for in the coming year on the demand side, what are you keeping an eye on? Yeah, uh, short-term demand out of China and Southeast Asia, I would say, is quite bearish. Um, But long-term, I don't see either of these regions remaining um, bearish, effectively. China um, has got significantly less helmet powder ending stocks. Um, The Beijing Orient uh, Agribusiness Consultants report came out um, saying that their stocks, are, that their ending stocks for helmet powder is down 21%. Um, this figure was driven by lower import figures. Um, and while demand is low, that figure is okay. Um, however, uh, historically, China likes to sit on a much higher um, inventory level. They um, really focus on uh, food supply as a priority. Um, if the Middle East stays in the loop, um, we could see gains for powders um, in terms of pricing. 
Um, they have really strong buying power at GDT auctions that they're involved in. Um, you know, we single-handedly influenced uh, the GDT 330 results. Um, however, their buying as of late is pretty inconsistent. Um, while EU exports are down, you know, we can expect a push from the Middle East to other exporting partners like New Zealand. And then the GDT as a whole, or commodity prices as a whole from demand, um, you know, there are a lot of factors at play. Helmet powder on the auction is a big driver um, and there is less helmet uh, powder volume expected to be on the next few events. So we can see that supply-demand um, ratio kind of shifting a little bit. So, Alex, deglobalization has been a bit of a buzzword going around in this post-COVID economy. Uh, China have indicated intentions to produce more domestic milk. Do you think deglobalization may impact the dairy industry in the coming years? Yeah, so, I mean, Chinese production has undoubtedly lifted um, recently, and it is, it's no secret that um, China prioritizes food security. Um, I think on the short term for China, there has been a real push to increase cattle for production. They've um, had government bonds to increase the number of breeding cattle um, that an importer brings in. And in addition to this, they've spent billions of dollars um, on farming, processing and supply chain infrastructure for the market. I think there are a couple of factors that make me a little wary of the long term capacity for China to keep increasing production. Um, the first is New Zealand's ban on cattle exporting. Um, from a live animal import perspective, China has relied heavily on our ability to send animals to their shores. Um, and while Australia and Uruguay are also mass scale in this space, Australia's dairy industry has really taken its own hit um, recently and Uruguay is in the midst of their third drought in a row. So those nations' ability to export cattle to uh, China is 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 struggling. Um, the second is that while products from the US and EU might end up heavily affected by deglobalization from China, um, New Zealand products still holds a premium label in China. Um, and our products, particularly infant formula, butters, liquid milk and cream, etc., they aren't on the shelf as a consumable for everybody. They're very much just a premium product. Um, while China has been importing less dairy recently um, and very much taking less whole powder and powders notably, um, our market share of every commodity that they import has risen. So from a New Zealand perspective, I think if we focus on value over volume, we're actually going to be fine. From a global perspective, I think that there is uh, going to be a concern around what China can purchase or what they do purchase. Interesting. Well, that sounds positive for Kiwi farmers. Uh, where do you see whole milk powder and skim milk powder prices going in the coming months? We've seen the derivatives market converge to GDT in recent weeks. What do you think this signals to the market? Yeah, I think the recent convergence between the physical and derivatives market has given some confidence to forecasting price movements. Um, for whole milk powder, with lifts at both last week's auction 
this week's pulse, uh, derivative contracts and lower volumes, uh, all signs indicate a lift. Um, Tuesday's pulse auction achieved a US $3,105 a tonne price for C2 uh, regular helmet powder. Um, so I think, if anything, the current physical price is on the lower side of where the commodity appears to be heading. Uh, for skin, there seems to be a real demand for New Zealand spec. If you look closely at the auction, while the average increase was 7%, the average increase for New Zealand skin sat over 9% in all of the contract periods. Uh, the Middle East and Africa, um, particularly Algeria, have a real drive for our product. Um, and given the position of pricing at the end of March being in line with early 2020 figures, it appears that the market has reached that floor price and is shifting upwards. Again, with derivatives, you know, the futures market is trading contracts higher than where the physical market was placed last week. And I think that next week's GDT331 will give the market some much needed clarity. Great. Okay. And uh, as far as New Zealand production outlook for the 2024 season, what are your thoughts on on how we're going to go next season? Yeah, I mean, if you look at this season setting it up, um, you know, uh, milk production has relished in the wet end to the summer months. Um, we've had our fourth consecutive gain um, in March. Um, and currently, I think we have a season at a 0.7% um, forecast decline. Um, and, you know, that's pretty cool considering uh, the tough start to uh, the season that we had last year. It is a little bit too hard to anticipate what the next season entails. However, farmers are um, expecting a cold but dry winter, which would set them up for a positive start to next season. Um, we know that cow numbers will continue to reduce as emissions reductions come into play, and we are expecting production to progressively ease over the next few years. However, we're also seeing production per cow increase um, and our farmers' ability to get value out of their animals is growing. So I think, you know, everyone's focus is really value over volume. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, Insight, thank you very much for joining us today, Alex. We appreciate your time. And to our listeners, we'll see you next time. Thank you. The information provided in this podcast is a guide and is intended for general information purposes only. The information is not investment advice. The information should not be relied upon as a substitute for detailed advice from a professional advisor. The podcast may contain opinions or forward-looking statements and actual results may vary from what is expressed in this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the presenter or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of NZX. NZX Limited is not liable for any loss suffered through relying on the information in this podcast. NZX makes no warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information in this podcast. All intellectual property rights in the content of this podcast are owned or used under license by NZX, and NZX's written consent is required to use, redistribute, or reproduce the content, or use it to create other works.